Welcome to episode 36 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today are my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. whoop de boop And we have once again brought back queen of anime herself, Megan Peters. Technically today I'm queen of kaijus. I've okay, decided. queen of kaijus today. And as Megan kind of uh, hinted there today, our one of our big topics is going to be talking about Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which is now hitting theaters. So we're going to do a full breakdown and review of that film. But we also got other stuff coming from the Marvel side on the gaming and movie front. Dun, dun, dun. We have some news about the Batman that's going to maybe excite people. We'll see. And... We're also going to be talking a little bit of anime and a little bit of Rambo. Yeah. So, let's get started with all of that because there's plenty to talk about. First things first, we're going to be going to the gaming side because today Square Enix announced that they will be uh, releasing Marvel's The Avengers, or Marvel's Avengers, I don't know. Yeah, I always, yeah. Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, we dropped Either the way. the, you know, like Justin Timberlake suggests, drop the the. <laughs> just Avengers. All right, so Marvel's Avengers, the game is coming at us. And uh, this has been in development, and it was announced way back, but we've been kind of waiting to hear more about it. And uh, the game, is, I mean, not to, this wasn't an intentional pun, but the game has changed since then uh, <laughs> because we had, like, back when this was first announced, we had something like Batman, Arkham City, and the Arkham franchise. But this year we got Marvel's Spider-Man, which was, I mean, a big success for gaming. And really was the first Marvel game I can think of in recent memory to really just kind of take the experience of being this character and being in his world and convert it so kind of deliciously to gaming, uh, much like Arkham first puts you in the shoes of Batman. And that's what really defines these games is just the kind of, the you know, the systems, the operating systems, the controls, the, the you know, the fights that really make you feel like these characters and now with Avengers, it sounds like we're going to be taking that whole concept and trying to make the ambitious move of throwing in a bunch of team play. So here's what we got uh, from the blurb announcing that this game is coming and, you know, just kind of teasing some of the gameplay mechanics. This is the defining Avengers gaming experience, an epic action adventure that combines cinematic storytelling with continuous single player and cooperative gameplay. The blurb also notes assembling teams of up to four players, extraordinary abilities, hero customization, combining powers, and an ever-expanding world that is constantly under threat. So, sounds pretty exciting. Sounds like you... My, my kind of curiosity is, will you be able to be a single player? Like, will it be like role-playing? Like, will you be able to be a single player managing a whole team by yourself? Or does that only hop, happen with a cooperative play? I mean, it sounds like that description very much, and we were talking about this, I know, in, like, the gaming channel for a minute. Mm -hmm. Like, this sounds like, that description sounds like Ultimate Alliance. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to say. Like, this sounds like Square Enix is just like, uh, sure, Ultimate Alliance is coming out on right? the Switch, but hey, we've got this for consoles. But like mm -hmm. it was the case with Spider-Man. Yeah, I was about When to say I that. was like, Insomniac, I trust. I trust Crystal Dynamics. The Tomb Raider franchise, what they've done with it over the last three games, Shadow of the Tomb Raider was the last one, phenomenal. Like, storytelling, emotions, like, real emotions in that game, personal stories are great. And if I can get that kind of, you know, third-person developed world and that kind of storytelling with Ultimate Alliance's, hey, let's just swap characters, 
I mean, that's that's awesome. It it waits to see to do that, but I trust Crystal to kind of. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, there have been. I mean, Marvel always has games. There's been many Spider-Man games Mm -hmm. before we got Marvel Spider-Man this past year. The difference is you have. The distinction really is the developers who kind of go back to the really deep floorboards and develop these games and build these characters and worlds. Compelling stories, but like I said, the the kind of operation of these characters, making it so not so much easy, but intuitive for you to literally, by the end of a game, become a kick-ass Batman or feel like you are one badass Spider-Man and you're taking on entire armies of people on, you know, land, sea, and air and, and doing all kinds of stuff. And so while Marvel Ultimate Alliance exists, I mean, there's got to be something distinctive about this game. Like, there's something they've cracked that, that they feel like is going to be a real gemstone. Yeah. And if you can take the Batman or the Spider-Man experience and make it not only fit just an Avengers premise, but each character you could folk, like you could introduce in that. Like, if I get Ant-Man or Wasp and I feel like Ant-Man or Wasp because I can shrink and do all kinds of crazy stuff and kind of merge that with like team play i mean that that will be like a one-of-a-kind game and i know tyler from our gaming side actually mentioned like little hints of the division also in this from like you know there's gonna be it seems like they are trying to develop like a a constant what there's a term for that constant world essentially mm-hmm. uh oh. and i can't remember the term off my head but yeah it's like that constantly like always evolving they want to keep you in that ecosystem you're gonna have like cosmic like where you can purchase costumes and, and those kinds of things so if that's the case, that would be interesting, too, because Division kind of does that, straddles the line between a single player and has areas where you can then join other teams. I'll be interested to see what tack they take. The mm-hmm. biggest question around all this that I think will kind of make or break it for me is what is the roster going to look like? Because I need some X-Men. What's your break, <laughs> what's your break roster? Like, well, because like we've gotten downloadable recently. Content, and it's funny because we, we, we actually talked about this on the Pokemon podcast a while ago. Marvel's released a bunch of mobile games recently, right? And they all feature the same cast with the, the same characters. It's the main Avengers with one or two Guardians. Uh, you know, Deadpool will probably be there. Uh, and Doctor Strange, right? Like th- yeah. those are the characters that we'll get. And that, and that usually that's like, that's it. Um, my concern is like, if those are just the characters that, that we get, I don't know if that's really enough to really sort of get me kind of excited. But you're talking about a generalized Marvel game versus like a Avengers specific game. And in the past, a lot of these games have a lot of deep cuts in terms of characters True. and mythology. So I wouldn't be surprised. Like, wouldn't it be like, dope if they had, like... So you're going to get your standard, right? You're going to yeah. get Captain America, Thor, Black Widow. You're going to get your group. But then they, like, throw in, like, Black Knight. Or Wonder oh, Man. Like, yeah, yeah, Wonder Man. Exactly. Like, yeah. just throw in one that's, like, really? And well, like, that would be fantastic. And the like, potential for that is, like, kind of unlimited, right? Like, yeah. if it's a thing that they're just going to keep adding to, like, that, that would be great. But, mm-hmm. like... We had Spider-Man, so we know the mechanics. And, like, the mechanics around a character like Iron Man will probably be super interesting and Hulk. But other than that, like, I don't know, like, Captain America is a very grounded character. We'll probably, you know, do your regular punch kicks, throw the shield. I don't know. There, yeah, there's just something throwing the shield thing can be so... There's, yeah. some, there's something about it that I'm just, like... If you could throw the shield and knock out three enemies and bounce them <laughs> yeah. off and like, come if back there's like a good like, yeah. like physics engine yes. attached yeah. to yeah. the shield throwing, like yeah. I'm gonna be all like, for it. Do you remember the old Captain America game? While most of it was crap, mm-hmm. that mechanic was, was great. Like everyone was like, "Can we just get a whole game, a game yeah, of that?" It was just like disc golf, but Captain America. Would be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be down for it. That so I mean, I'm game. cautiously optimistic right now, Matt. 
I I am thrilled. I again until Crystal proves me like wrong essentially, like leads me astray, like I'm I'm ready to trust them. Uh I mean they took that Tomb Raider franchise from they kind of rebuilt that whole thing. Yeah. I've seen what uh, they, they can really do when they dedicate it. it. Yeah. So no, I'm game. I'm good. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'll say I'm interested in seeing what it means by like the ever expanding world. Cause I know that's obviously setting up a term. position for um, DLC in the future, but I'm curious like what that means like in the timeline of a game. Because like all I really want to do recently is like, especially now that we know end game we can do time travel like will we get like dlc packs where we can like go in the past and explore like Ooh. future timelines past timelines like that's something i'm very excited about well, because as, like, as great yeah. as spider-man was i got, eventually got tired of swinging around the same areas in new york well, I mean, even though yeah. it's a beautifully built world new york's something so. but i mean it's an avengers thing so i mean you could be unlocking entire new areas like yeah. advaria or wakanda exactly or, so like, that's what i'm there's entire I'm missions hoping. so all right. I'm hoping it won't cost me a lot of money. And as usual, Jim <laughs> is skeptical for little to no reason. But there we go. <laughs> little to no reason. There we go. We've yeah. gotten a lot of Hot terrible games. Like Spider-Man is the only game that I trust really anyone to kind of make. I, it's, I'm just, it's, it'll be interesting to see. Like if, if Marvel is too involved, if they're we're, we're going to get a crappy this. game. But here's the yeah. thing. When they gave the license to Sega all those years back, I was worried because at that point Sega had not proven in <laughs> all recent those, memory. But all of those Iron Man games were just Oh, awful. I know. They were terrible. But this is not that. This is like when they trust Insomniac with Spider-Man. Yeah, a, like when they start putting marbles on it, like, yeah. yeah it's I, a developer. I, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. We'll prove Jim wrong later. Moving right <laughs> along. So, sticking with Marvel. Black Widow. The movie is now shooting. It's officially underway. Um, this is really our first phase four like set or production that we have or that we're seeing mm-hmm. kind of unfold because uh, Far From Home is still phase three. So yeah, this is the first phase four. So Black Widow's now shooting and... Uh, the movie technically doesn't even exist yet. What? The movie technically doesn't even exist yet. Yeah, I don't want to hear Marvel <laughs> PR crap. Like, yeah, it exists. <laughs> like, it's it happening. Exists. It's happening. Now, the question is, when is it happening? So we've seen mm-hmm. set photos of Scarlett Johansson back in Black Widow gear doing shopping. her thing, shopping. Mm-hmm. But the question that's come up for rumors is when this movie takes place. A lot of us thought, you know, because of what happened in Avengers Endgame, month-long spoiler, like Black Widow dies, doesn't come back. So there is no present action story for her, unless we jump into another timeline, which, please, God, do not. Um, because that just make everybody's head explode. So... Sticking with this is the main 616 Marvel Cinematic Universe. We thought this would be a prequel about Natasha's time before she joined S.H.I.E.L.D. when she was, you know, where she got all that red in her ledger doing a bunch of shady stuff. Um, And that's still possible, but we're also hearing rumors that this will be set after Captain America Civil War because there's a span of years that separate Civil War from Infinity War where... You know, Steve Rogers and his secret Avengers team are just running around the globe sometimes together. But obviously we know from Infinity War sometimes apart because like Wanda's off with Vision and stuff like that. And that this could be like a little side mission that Black Widow had to take care of in that time period. But I say it could be both because it could be a side mission that she has to take care of after Civil War that's related to stuff that happened before she joined S.H.I.E.L.D., yada, yada, yada. So there's still now a whole bunch of stuff to play with. What do you guys want to see? And were you excited for this movie? I just want to know where Budapest is and all of this. <laughs> I mean, that was like the one line from like the Avengers in 2012. Everyone was like, excuse me, where's the spinoff? Like what, what is Budapest? Yeah. What is this whole story? But I mean, with that, they're going to have to tie in, you know, more about 
her origin story with S.H.I.E.L.D. and Clint everything. So I feel like that was always kind of a long shot. I don't know how I feel about it tying in with like post-Civil War. I was always curious about that era because it was very much just glossed over. I really do like the idea of like a framed narrative, like kind of like it being told in like retrospect and it like going back and forth between the timelines. Um, and I trust Marvel to do that pretty implicitly. Um, but I still just, just that like little like high school fangirl in me is just like, what about Budapest? <laughs> Somebody tell me about Budapest. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree with you. I, I'm kind of there too. Like, I'm on the fence. Like, I'm excited for you, but I've, I've wanted a Black Widow movie for a minute. But yeah, like going further in the past, like mm-hmm. that Budapest thing was more interesting to me than necessarily post Civil War. Not because that is not an interesting period, but because to me, there's not a lot of payoff that you can do mm-hmm. from telling a side story there. Like, you've already seen what happens. Sorry, you've already seen what happens after. You've already seen that in Endgame, there's not really any dangling threads that they left to kind of, oh, that happened here. And and to me, that's not, I don't know, like I don't have that want yet. Here's where I disagree with you, and I think that my idea about it could be both is after Civil War, like, they're on the run. Mm -hmm. They're underground. And so for Natasha, that would, I mean, out of everybody on that team, like the most adept at helping them navigate being on the run would be Natasha because... She's an espionage agent. She, she probably has yeah. a bug out bag and a bunch of plans and contacts. So she would be able to kind of, she would have to dip back into that world possibly to kind of deal with this new context because this would be like a return to the form for her going back to that life. She had been in S.H.I.E.L.D. She was official. She was like on, yeah. you know, on the good standing. After Civil War, she's lost all that and she's back and having to navigate this kind of shady world like mm-hmm. beneath the surface and that could bring her into contact with things that were kind of left undone from that past. And mm-hmm. like I said, it could be a story that starts in Civil War, but, but it makes use of a bunch. Like if it was the uh, Yelena storyline about the replacement Black yeah. Widow. When she yeah. goes on the run and they're like, okay, we need a new Black Widow. And mm-hmm. she has to deal with all that in the civil, post-Civil War no, era. That's a, that's but that dates to back to her yeah. stories of training and doing stuff before yeah. joining S.H.I.E.L.D. If- that's absolutely what I want to see. If I guess I'm, and I and that would be good, I, like if they can tie in and make it kind of a finite story like that, where you don't need some kind of character payoff, I'd be cool with that. If and even if they lean more towards John Wick, as far as just make it a really fun spy thriller, she can really get you know like aggressive in the combat and stuff because she can't really do that as mm-hmm. much in the Avengers movie because they have so many people to fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, go that way because if it's I just don't see for me, there's just not that carrot at the end of the stick, I guess, that I'm like, where do you end up as a character by the end of this that I don't already know about you? There's I not a new am wrinkle. Black Widow. Mm-hmm. I just, end of yeah. movie. And I'll say one thing I've always <coughs> had a concern about is that in Agent Carter, the second season, it did the Black Widow yeah. origin story so well with yeah. Dottie. Dottie, like, I that was so good. loved that. Yeah. That is just everything I wanted. And so if that's just... a freaky character. I know. So if I could just get like, if any part of that kind of aesthetic or storytelling narrative can be like adapted into like a, like a Yelena story and like a Black Widow versus Black Widow or like something, something that could come up with that. Because um, I mean, Civil War was all about there's more Winter Soldiers that we have hidden, yeah. in, hidden yeah. in a freezer in the middle of like nowhere. Um, I think that could be timely, but... The one thing that I'm scared I'm going to do, as much as I love Natasha Romanoff, I'm going to keep comparing it to the Agent Carter story because I 
just love that story. And they did that really well. Yeah, they did the Dottie stuff really well. Mm -hmm. And like that whole thing about showing you the origins of Black Widow program Mm -hmm. back then was awesome. And Dottie was freaky. So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you on that. But I, I think that... Agent Carter has established a framework that a movie mm-hmm. like this could build of. And I basically want them to do something like Red Sparrow, only, you know, mm-hmm. good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, Red Sparrow's terrible. All right, so that's Black Widow, and those are our hopes and dreams for it. Let us know if you guys have anything you think about the movie or any theories you want to share with us at hashtag comic book nation. We're going to move right along, and we're just going to take a quick aside for uh, plug some anime, because Megan's here. Yeah. And we're going to talk about Attack on Titan, because, man... I mean, a couple weeks ago, I came on and told you guys, like, you got to hop into Attack on Titan Season 3, that it has been crazy AF, and it is only getting crazier. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. Attack on Titan, we've gotten in two parts, part one, and now we're into part two. And I think by right now, I have not read the manga, so I don't know, like, all of this stuff, manga people. I'm sorry. (laughs) So I'm going by the anime, pound for pound right now by the anime. I'm saying this could be probably one of the top five anime seasons of all time, like by the time it wraps. Like, it's really, I mean, I haven't seen one episode of season three that's filler or like Mm -hmm. boring. And even the filler stuff is actual, like, real important mythos, Mm -hmm. like, especially in part one about the history of the special titans and the royal family and all these things Mm -hmm. you didn't know. And now season two has just been like every week, edge of your seat, tense. Like, yeah, yeah, I was watching Game of Thrones, but. As soon as that was done, I was like, as my epilogue for the night, I'm switching on Attack on Titan because I got to see what's happening next. And so, yeah, yeah, there's uh, Shingen Shani. I don't, I always butcher this name. I think it's Shingen Shani. Uh, Shingen Shani district arc that's playing out right now is crazy good. And like, yeah, and it's about to get crazier from what I'm hearing in the next oh. few. So like, Megan knows she can tell you without like, spoiling. Very much like I hate to be that kind of that person now, but I'm like. Everyone who was on Twitter complaining about Game of Thrones in the finale, I'm like, well, your first mistake was watching that and not Attack on Titan. <laughs> like, this show has always set itself up to have that royal mythos, the war between countries. I mean, honestly, Attack on Titan, especially right now, this season three, part two, like the last episode that went out was episode 54. It has the highest rated anime episode to date online, IMDb, social media. I mean, anywhere you go universal praise um not only is the animation just like top quality yeah, but cool. everyone's dying yeah like everyone that you thought was safe you're like ah they can't kill that person they're nah. like the main character you're like it's what game oh, of thrones should have done in the final everyone's just, dead yeah they everybody can die like i mean one episode is just like the heroes preparing themselves for a suicide run that ends in a horrible death. And it's like one of the most rousing speeches of all time. Yes. I'd be like, I get on that horse and die right with you. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I can't stress enough how much any of you listeners who just loved Game of Thrones, especially like the political intrigue and like the camaraderie aspects and like how much Attack on Titan does it better. I mean, I hate to say that because I am a fan of Game of Thrones. Please no one hate me. But they're going um, fine yeah. if you're going to hate me. But like also just if you hate me, at least love Attack on Titan instead. Um, it's just it's just doing a very good job of not only adapting the manga, but just like very like viscerally punching you in the face with emotions with like shock and surprise and yeah. like tension. making Lots you feel tension. like it. Yeah. So um, if you're not on yeah. board, and we should just give Attack you the general Titan. general premise that right now. Our heroes, the squad of this military squad of heroes has gone into this 
abandoned district behind the walls that they the humanity lives behind to try to reclaim it. And they stumbled into a trap. There's a new villain, the Beast Titan, who has some big things, you know, coming up. And they and they're old kind of uh, traitors from their ranks, Reinier and Bartholt, who have the also their own special Titans, the Armored Titan and Colossus Titan. They spring this huge trap. And the last few episodes have just been how do our heroes get out of this trap in this city that they are trapped in? And like I said, it's been edge of your seat stuff. And that's after part one just had crazy human-on-human action and killing and all kinds of drama without Mm -hmm. barely showing a Titan the whole time. So Mm -hmm. now we have all kinds of Titans, and it is getting crazy. So make sure to check out Attack on Titan. One of the best things, I'll even say outside of anime, hands down right now. So be sure to check that out. All right, so going from anime over to one of our other verticals, let's talk some DC. DC. Uh, DC, yeah, Batman. Seems like it's really happening now. Like, uh, the Batman is scheduled to possibly start shooting. And that's not all. We're just going to combine these last two stories into one, since I just realized they probably could be. Um, so we got our first hint that the Batman is going to be starting production in the fall, officially. Which makes sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's scheduled for, like, June 2021, so it's almost like you're kind of pushing this down to the wire at this yeah. point. Yeah. It's been fun. All the mystery's been fun. Like, but time to start like Mm -hmm. you know you got to drop or get off the pot you know what i mean like it's time to start dropping so Mm -hmm. yeah and the reason why i think i'm excited is not because of the production you know i'm not excited i don't get any money from that production but if we're getting this close to production like things are going to have to start becoming official (laughs) right yeah yeah first up are we going to get robert pattison or nicholas holt Mm -hmm. so let's get that out of the way then you know they've been teasing this movie's going to have like a detective story with a bunch of rogues in it like, who are our rogues? Like, who mm-hmm. are these people going to be? Let, let me know which characters they're going to be, and let me yeah. start knowing which casting there's going to be. Like, let's get into Team this. Catwoman, Vanessa Hudgens. Me too. Saying, Josh Gad. out there Gad. right now. Someone <laughs> yeah. give Josh Gad the it's penguin. Just, it's so Team interesting <laughs> because, like, those two, Josh Gad and Vanessa Hudgens, are now, like, actively, publicly lobbying slash, uh, you know, kind of playing along with fans on this, which is... I kind of hope they get it oh, because yeah, like they, they clearly like have a passion for it. Um, but if they just told you actors and they didn't tell you who they were going to be or not, would that be enough? Yeah. Anything oh. at this point would be enough. Yeah. A damn yeah. logo would be enough. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like an official logo. We've been using fan made logos for like two years. Yeah. So yeah. like it's we time. don't even know it, just a title. Like, are we going with the Batman or is it something else? Like, I hope it's something else. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, I like the else. Batman because like uh, yeah. we've never. I mean, it's simple, but we've actually never, never gone that. It's kind of crazy. Just do world's greatest detective. Like, but if that's you're doing a movie name, if you're doing an, uh, oh, that is the okay. whole no. point of the movie. I, okay, let me no. just nip this in the bud by saying, the few days when the Dark Knight was in its last marketing push and it was everywhere, all the time, on TV, everywhere. I was sitting in an apartment my now wife was living in with another yeah. girl, and this girl saw a commercial for the Dark Knight looked at us so indignant and said, I will not see that movie. They are totally copying Batman. And I was just like, oh. yeah, exactly. Like, My gosh. So that, if you ever wonder uh. why we've fallen away from just throwing random titles out there like that, like why Dark Phoenix is going to start, I mean, you still see them using X-Men fairly often, is because mm-hmm. that's how dumb. Even though that's not the official title. Of yeah, Dark that's, how yeah. Dumb, that's how dumb the world is, and you have, I mean, uh, you, you've stopped I mean, doing it, that. I mean, comics so. are the same way, right? Like, there's a reason Batman sells better than Detective Comics. 
And I like the idea of the Batman know, being like the definitive, like DC, like really standing firm, being like, "This is it. This is the Batman for us." Bold strategy. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, really as long as it's good, I don't care. But see how long before DC adopts the Marvel name branding, where it's Marvel's this, Marvel's that, Marvel's this, or it's DC's Batman, mm-hmm. DC's Superman. I mean, I don't know, but. We're going to be getting production, so hopefully stay tuned because hopefully one of these podcasts will be centered around talking all the Batman stuff that starts to come out. Um, If nowhere else, we know Comic-Con will probably be where Mm -hmm. we get the big reveal, so stay tuned. Finally, as a side note, we saw our first poster for the He-Man movie. This thing is real. It's real. It's real. real. It's really real. It's happening, right? I'm so shocked. Yeah, it's crazy. So that's it. Licensing Expo, Masters of the Universe poster has been seen. It is happening. This seems to be kind of like a real deal. Finally, after being in development hell for so long, we got a word recently. Two new directors are kind of attached to it. Um, I'm trying to look up these guys' name. They're uh, Aaron and Adam Nee from uh, the film Band of Robbers. I I know that's literally the first (laughs) thing I thought of was the knights who say knee. Yeah. So that's an indica- indication of where we're at with uh, <laughs> Masters of the Universe. But uh, Sony is, seems to be pushing this. It's going to be coming. They have a date on it. Um, the Power Returns, March 2021. So that's another one for 2021. They even have a star. Like, they, they're actually... Wait, who's a star? The, uh, oh, God. Well, how do I pronounce his boys. last name? It's the guy from To All the Boys I Love Before, yeah, right? Yeah, I've always... Oh, man. My research on this is incomplete. Yeah. He confirmed that he was the real it. hot guy. Noah San- <laughs> Noah Centino. Oh, oh Noah Centino. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, all right. There you go. He man's coming, y'all. So that's all we got on that. So and then we're gonna get the Snyder cut while we're fulfilling fan dreams here. No, oh, no that not real? I thought you meant the Snyder cut of Messi Universe. I was like, when did he get attached? <laughs> Where he man beats somebody to death with a hilt of his sword and then finally <laughs> uses the blade. That's Zack Snyder for you. All right. So, on that dark note, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to get even darker because we're going to go into some old man action with Rambo and review Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, so we got to move through this because we talked for a long time and this is all going very quickly, so... Let's try to wrap this up with Rambo Last Blood trailer. So Rambo's coming back for one last adventure. I feel like Sly Stallone has been retiring these characters for like 12 years yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocky's been retired five times and like Rambo's been retired four. But uh, we're getting old man Logan or uh, old man Rambo in this. <laughs> uh, and like basically, yeah. I mean, we've heard the premise for this film, like Rambo's living in, in like a ranch in Arizona or something or somewhere near the border. 
Um, he has assisted living care. He's What's a nurse. his old family home? Yeah, it's his old family yeah. home. He has, okay, Rambo, Mythos X. Well, no, no, I'm just saying it's his old family home. They're actually picking up from four. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, picking up from four. He's kind of living with a nursemaid. Then he kind of stumbles across some uh, Mexican cartels, you know, sex trafficking ring. Uh, tries to save some people, nearly gets killed, and then has to kind of come back and fight one last fight. And apparently, uh, from the trailer, this is going to be like a very adult version of Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. I hope we get so much of that. Like, I hope we get so many crazy booby trap stuff yeah. in this house. I cannot wait. Yeah, but it was a, overall, it was a good trailer. And we've all been talking about this because... It's interesting to kind of talk about this trailer and break it down compared to uh, Terminator Dark Fate, which we did on our last episode. Um, yeah, one trailer is vastly more successful than the other. Rambo is good at kind of establishing a mood, a tone. It brings in Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Lil yeah. Nas X is getting that money. so yeah. well. I just want to know, yeah, where are the horses in the back? Yeah. <laughs> where are his horses? It fits. He is There's going to be a bunch of guns he goes against. <laughs> like, it fits yeah. so well. I, I was, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, no. And then I was like, this works. Yeah, I was worried when I heard <laughs> it. like the Because I've been listening. I've had that song stuck in my head because we live in – Fun fact, comic book is based in Nashville, so like yeah. we get a lot of country tinge to everything we do. So they play that song like crazy down here. So like it's been in my head for On know, everything a week. but the country stage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole that's other another discussion. story. Yeah. <laughs> so story. Yeah, it's been stuck in my head and now I'm just like when I heard the strumming start, I was like, Oh my god, what? And I was yeah. really worried, but they slow it down and they mm -hmm. like they like chopped and screwed it like not really chopped and screwed but yeah. they they stretch yeah. out parts and like they have haunting like little like there's lyrics. one part yeah. where it's in the tunnels mm -hmm. and Stallone's like firing from down and he starts rapping right at that perfect spot and I'm like dude this really yeah, yeah. no the lyrics they match the lyrics yeah. with the footage so like, good. really where like really awesome and it just looks like even though Stallone looks old and <laughs> kind of stuff kind of just slowly making his way through this action. It's awesome because it is like Home Alone. Like, it's mm -hmm. Rambo using, like, all his kind of killing smarts and stuff to maim a bunch of cartel guys who come looking for him and stuff. So it was an awesome trailer. It had that Logan feel to it, yeah. mm -hmm. um, like an aged hero kind of spaghetti western, one last ride type I will deal. be very like, interested yeah. to see if it is as, <laughs> not gratuitous, but as bloody and gory as the last one. Oh was. man, the Rambo. last one I just rewatched, and you were watching on my screen. I just rewatched like that final fight where he's got like the fifty cal, and he's just eviscerated. And like my favorite thing so is him grabbing. jumping in the back of that jeep and just pointing the cal fifty cal down <laughs> at the driver, <laughs> point blank, and just turning. That thing, he just turned people the, into meat sacks. The for like sniper that shots thing. just behead people, like yeah. clearly behead people. And so I'm, I'm really interested to see what tone because they don't show a lot of that. There's a lot of action in the trailer, but they don't show like the mm -hmm. actual. No, I was effects. kind of surprised there wasn't a red band trailer coming yeah. on the heels of this, and I'm kind of mm -hmm. curious if they will because I'm, I'm cool with either one yeah, as long here. as they this acknowledge it. But yeah, I yeah. will be interested to see what that looks like. Oh man, Last Blood. Jim Viscardi, what do you think of Last Blood? I'm, like I said, the Home Alone, like the Rambo as Home Alone aspect of it is the greatest thing to just sell me, <laughs> sell me on this movie. Like, I just want to see it. It's interesting. I, I mentioned this out in the office. I go, uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger have only gotten more badass looking as they've mm -hmm. gotten older. 
And it's, it's, they finally, I feel like now at the age that they're at, you can get a sense that like their grit feels real. Like Mm -hmm. Stallone has been doing this for decades. And now this one is, it feels like, like his, I can't say final say on him because you know, that's not necessarily the case, but like you, but you believe it a little bit more this time, mm-hmm. like because you know four, when he, he's a bulky, he's way more, he's bulkier considerably than yeah. he is here. But I believe him more here. Yeah, that was like than ten I believe, years ago. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like I just feel like anytime like he's going to throw a punch, you you're gonna feel that land more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because he's a bit more older, grizzled, he's, he's been around the block, and this is just him like get off my get off my yard. Like you yes. know. So I'm I'm all in. He's like Clint Eastwood, but you know, not racist. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I'm sorry, did I go too far? That was that too far. So moving right along, <laughs> Kofi, Kofi's redirected. Moving right along, moving right along. I mean, I'm just not going to go down that rabbit hole. I don't like I said. We're based in Nashville. My bosses are based in Nashville, so uh, yeah, I'm not going to go there. Moving right along, let's talk about Godzilla, King of the Monsters. So. Mm-hmm. Movie's out, Godzilla 2. Megan Peters reviewed this to us, so I'm going to toss to her for the longer review. All I'll say is I gave it about a 3.5 out of 5 myself. I think it's one of those movies, and I do make this caveat, that like a movie can be not as successful cinematically as high art, but if it succeeds in what it intended to do for its intended audience, mm-hmm. that's still a success, even if a lot of other people don't like it. I mean, that was... I call that my Transformers defense because I had to develop this line of thinking during the uh, Transformers era and the Fast and Furious era because people were – because every day was just how are these movies still making so much money? I I hate it. I wanted them to cancel it after one, blah, 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 blah. You know, people weren't starting petitions quite yet, but like – Thank the Lord. Yeah, this was (laughs) – Oh, they're coming now. Yeah, this was a common thing. So I, I had to kind of establish that line of thinking for myself. And it definitely applies in this. Godzilla 2. It's monster fights you want to see, humans on some kind of tense, nonstop chase, you know, trying to keep up and not get destro- destroyed. And it, de- oh, sorry, it delivers all that pretty wonderfully. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things if you were to think about and put them under a microscope, like, yeah, man, it's kind of silly. And um, there's an interesting parallel with this in Game of Thrones that I'll, I'll do at the end after Megan kind of goes through it a little bit more, but... I think it was okay. It was a good monster fight movie. Uh, Megan, I know you feel lo- strongly about this one, so tell us what you think. I feel like everyone who's reviewed it has feels very strongly, either in the negative or the positive. It's either ones or tens, so the middle line's five right now. Um, personally, I give it a five out of five. I'm like a huge, huge Godzilla fan. I grew up on it. Um, I don't want to spend time like defending it because I know the people who are going to see it are going to go out and see it. Um, but it's very much exactly what Toho set up the legacy for Godzilla to be. This feels like one of the most in-line um, adaptations, obviously, Hollywood has done of Godzilla because the others have been eh, not so great. Like I would say like the old like 90s version did better than the 2014 version. Oh, that's a hot Whoa. thing. Uh, but we're just going to – everyone just <laughs> everyone just looks at me. Uh, but this one like really gets not only the theme, the action, but like the silliness of Godzilla because like it never took itself very seriously. The first film everyone tries to go back and be very like – Serious because it was a post-World War II film. Atomic testing and nuclear weapons are bad. But it also was pretty 
pretty silly. Um, Godzilla King of the Monsters does a beautiful, beautiful job with the kaiju battles, in my opinion. Ghidorah is super terrifying. Rodan, like, look at my son go. And Mothra, honestly, <laughs> I don't know if Mothra has ever looked better, in my opinion. Um, the one thing I will say is if you're going to this movie expecting to see, like, Goodwill hunting, that's not what you're going to get unless, like, Godzilla becomes, like, the lead in this film. If you're if you're going to see a Godzilla film for the humans, like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but who expected that? Like, who would do Yeah, and, and I know that it's been a lot of conversation online with the reviews that have come out on Rotten Tomatoes, et cetera, et cetera, that whole argument you hear over and over again. Um, if you're going for a fun summer blockbuster with that's loud, with action, an epic soundtrack, you just want to see monsters beat the crap out of each other, like, that's what this is. That's that's great. If you look too hard into the human characters and what they're doing and their stories, you're just going to get real angry. And that's fine if that's what you're wanting to look into, but that's never what Godzilla set out to be. So, in my opinion, it's a success in what it set out to do. Yeah. I think one thing that reviewers, and I'm going to do a little defense, are getting wrong is people are like, well, this is boring. The heroes, the human people don't do anything. And it's like, well, this is a human story about not, like, the soldiers are not, like, the main people, because they can't do crap. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen two movies of that now. Mm-hmm. So it's really about scientists. So what they're mm-hmm. doing is going where these things are and tracking and mostly observing and trying to formulate conclusions through science. They're not trying to, like, blow everybody away. I mean, that's the exact premise of the film is mm-hmm. they're the ones who are like, we're not going to just blow things away. Mm-hmm. Like, we're trying to study these and understand them. Some of them might help us. Like, so there's that. The other thing is I think is interesting is there's a big parallel in this film to Game of Thrones and the second to last episode of Game of Thrones. And it's becoming interesting to me as a psychological phenomenon. And people seem to really be reacting very viscer- like viscerally to this. And it's this idea of both Game of Thrones in, in the Bells episode where Danny Burns, King's Landing, and without dropping spoilers, in Godzilla has human characters who are introducing this idea that they're because of how bad humanity has become or like have things have gotten like there has to be this kind of greater good achieved through, you know, measured but significant loss of human life mm-hmm. and characters taking on this notion and feeling passionately about this and driving this idea. People seem to really be reacting badly to this, which mm-hmm. is like really funny to me because mm-hmm. people are saying this is unearned. It doesn't make any sense. And it's like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, they're just characters who feel like this. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny that like we're living in a world where at once every day we literally go online and we're looking at like half the population, like F these people, like I yeah. hate <laughs> these people. And like we're getting closer and closer to like words like civil war reentering our vocabulary. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing movies where people are like, I'm going to have to sacrifice some people for this greater good to stop like all this nonsense that's happening. Mm-hmm. And like people are like, I don't think that's a really sound idea for a story <laughs> because and people like, look to movies for they, they idealize. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. people are having a lot of trouble with this idea of allowing calamitous events to happen for some kind of idea of the greater good. And mm-hmm. it's something that is beginning to leak into art more and more. And I think that's interesting given mm-hmm. where we are socially and that people are, having such strong reactions. Cause when I finally saw Godzilla and I saw like the kind of human plot unfold, I was like, I get why people are like calling mm-hmm. this stupid and saying none of the characters make logical mm-hmm. decisions. And it's like, and then there's one where they, there's literally in the second act a scene yeah. where 
you could argue like the whole thing jumps the shark in some people's opinions. Yes. Over the press of a button, like literally mm-hmm. over the press of a button. So yeah, I get it, but like it makes sense. There is a deeper character. And again, this was like the human character story. I think this is one of the most cohesive ones because they actually, in this sprawling cast of characters, they actually focus on a central trio of characters. It's a family story and it's actually powerful and they don't hit you over the head with it. Like, mm-hmm before you begin to even figure out the main twists in it, like it's very understated and kind of just presented. It's shown to you, not even told to you. And you're like, oh, okay, like that's mm-hmm. crazy. And there's a lot of psychological stuff going on with the characters mm-hmm. that gets lost in the film. And I'm sure if we had like a three hour cut of Godzilla, we could do with how screwed up all the main human characters are mentally mm-hmm. and emotionally um, mm-hmm. because of stuff connected to the first film. Yeah, And mm-hmm. that would make a lot more sense, but it's just kind of inferred here. Uh, but you know, you got a cast of people who are good, like Millie Bobby Brown, Vera Farmiga, Kyle mm-hmm. Chandler are all very, very kind of competent character actors. And so they really kind of carry those parts, even if the parts themselves are kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the whole Millie Bobby Brown thing, like you've seen in trailers, like her on the rooftop and doing that whole thing all alone is a little crazy, but like, yeah. anyway, I'll like, say- does, does Ken Montanabe have a significant role in this movie or? Yes. Yeah. 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 Monarch's still present, still getting its feet. What I kind of like distill this down to, and it's what I tell everyone is like, primarily this film is Godzilla versus everyone else. It's Godzilla versus Ghidorah. That's the main premise. And then they both have their little kaiju like compatriots. Then the lesser subplot with the humans, because I don't even consider them a threat to Godzilla, to be honest with you, it's Godzilla versus humanity's God complex. So it's like, what's a God to a God? Because like, again, there's these people making what some might interpret as illogical decisions, rash decisions about the greater good, sacrifices, et cetera, et cetera. That really, that boils down to a God complex to me. After the second time I saw it, it kind of became more apparent that it's like these two forces coming together and who's going to win, which I thought was more interesting when I interpreted it that way. It just, in my opinion, for the human leads, as is with every Godzilla film, it doesn't really care to explore that deep. Have you guys seen uh, Head of Training Dragon 2? Yes. Okay, there's that whole like plot with the alpha and all that jazz. And everything I've seen in the trailer feels like that's the story. Is that not necessarily the case? Well, this is, I mean, it's kind of like this is, the main thrust of the story is like a National Geographic story. It's about mm-hmm. animal behavior. Okay. And yeah. it, it's about how animal behavior translates to these kaiju or titans. Mm-hmm. And so it's about... Yeah, it's about territory. Like, it's all about communication and territory. At one point, like, you know, Kyle Chandler makes a joke that, like, you know, one of the, like, Rodan's either coming there or or Ghidorah and Rodan are about to collide. And he's like, they're only meeting up because they're either going to, like, fight or, like, feed or, you know, he's going to say the other F. He's like, or do something more intimate (laughs) like that. And it's just like, I mean, and that's essentially what the whole premise of the movie is. And like Megan said, there's a kind of Iron Man 2 style scene in in the government where they go to talk about Monarch and should Monarch still exist. And it's just like, and Ken Watanabe kind of gives this speech about learning coexistence. Like, there's this idea that, you know, we have to learn to coexist with these Titans. We can't just eliminate them. And we can't just do nothing because mm-hmm. either one of those two things screws the world over. Mm-hmm. So we have to learn to coexist. And that historically, this this has been the case that we've done. And and it is about, like you said, God complex because it's like, you know, so because everybody in there is like, oh, so what? We're going to be like Godzilla's pets? And he's like, no, we're, we're his pets. And everybody's like laughing this off. But by the end of the movie and the final shots and the mm-hmm. setting of the final shots and everything, it's pretty clear. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this is kind of like the theme, like. 
reestablishing like what's the pecking order of this world and mm-hmm. you know we thought we were gods and all this stuff but like mm-hmm. realizing how hopelessly small compared to like all these primal forces and mm-hmm. other stuff that's out there is kind of I have one last question yeah does anybody pet Godzilla <gasps> yes oh really multiple <gasps> times yes mm. that's actually like a that's like the first time it ever happens in Godzilla history oh and like so it's like a big deal a very big deal. Yeah. I spoke when I spoke with director Mike Doherty about it. I was like, that's the first time this has ever happened. Like someone has nicely not trying to kill him, like touched Godzilla. And he was like, yeah, it was very important for us to do that. Oh. So yeah. Cause like I was like, that was not the I answer I was expecting. So, no, <laughs> so no, great. no, no. Yeah. You asked it at the exact right time. Cause this is the only time it's ever happened. Wow. Right. Now so. I will go out and say without spoilers that petting Godzilla, the context of when you get to pet Godzilla isn't really safe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's maybe. not necessarily the safest thing. He's not at a petting zoo. We'll just yeah. say that. <laughs> you never come across Godzilla as like on on full chill, and he's just like, yeah, you can rub my belly. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. yeah, so yeah, Fair stuff's enough. usually going down when he's close enough to you to like give pet. him a so nice. He might be cool with nuzzle. you, but then like the next two seconds, a rumble between him and like four other kaiju might might be bad for you. So mm-hmm. you know. right. yeah, but uh, no, but in terms of spectacle, visuals, all that stuff, like yeah, it was good. Um, I was on the set and I talked about the set visit and I, mm-hmm. I got my payoff because I saw that Rodan aerial sequence that I've been like gushing about for two years mm. and it was as awesome as, as oh, I yeah. wanted it to be. So nice. yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing it again in IMAX. This is the third time. I've yeah. Seen I recommend so seeing that... IMAX. It's worth it. It's yeah, big. Yeah. It's huge. Um, there's a lot of great scenes that'll make use of the format and yeah. And most importantly, I say the thing that I think sold me the most is it's tent, the tension. There's yeah. great tension. There's not like a whole lot of downtime in this movie. It's not no. like start, stop, emotional scenes. There's emotional scenes, but they're very quick, mm-hmm. well paced. And then it's like, I mean, Give it's me those kaiju like tense. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you've got to be from point, like things are going down so fast that it's like, like they're behind a step like the whole way. And it's uh-huh. like, yeah, they got to keep Those monsters it. don't wait for anybody. Nope. <laughs> no, they do not. So. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. We recommend it. Summer movie season is here. Mm. Go out. Have some fun. Grab some popcorn. Enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it's Sunday. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, All right. So that'll do it for our review of Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and our episode as a whole. If you are just getting into Comic Book Nation and you want to join the journey full time, you can find new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com. In those episodes, we have an RSS feed you can subscribe to to always get new episodes, or you can subscribe on any one of your favorite listening sites or musical sites we are on itunes stitcher spotify iHeartRadio, google podcast google playlist and you can tell any amazon alexa device play comic book nation podcast and it will fire up for you if you heard anything you are either angry or want to speak with us about you can always <laughs> find us on social media at the hashtag comic book nation or you can find us individually you can find me at kofi outlaw you can find me at matt aguilar cb you can find me at Megan Peter CB, but please don't yell at me about Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> As she holds Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, Pikachu's shielding you over here. And uh, you can find uh, producer Jim Viscardi at Jim at Jim at comicbook.com. Nope, 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 at Jim Viscardi. At Jim Viscardi, yeah. Get it right. I <laughs> just put all your information out there. All right, we know who does not. If you want to send him any mail, his home address is. <laughs> <laughs> And these are the places he frequents oh, eating God. a lot. All right. So, yeah. On that awkward <laughs> note, we're just going to say uh, goodbye, everybody. Comic Book Nation, we're out. See ya.